Hey guys, it's time for Nina's Got Good News. Nina's a former TV news gal who used to share all the news. Now, as a mom and small businesswoman, she wants to share only the good stuff. It's time to brighten your day. So here's your host, Nina B. Clark. Hi everyone, how are you? Oh my gosh, I love that introduction. Thank you, Dan. This is Nina Clark, your host of Nina's Got Good News. And I am so excited that you're all here for this next episode that you actually came back. You guys are so awesome. All your support is truly what keeps me going every single week. This is a movement to share good news and we are growing it every single week. Welcome to podcast number 13. Our mics are hot. We are coming in hot today because we want to focus on something that's important for all of us. So we're going to talk about something that you're all going to love and you're going to want to take some notes. We're going to talk about motivation, how to get motivated, how to stay motivated. And I have an inspirational guest who also just happens to be a good friend of mine, longtime fashion executive and entrepreneur, Mike Prendergast. Welcome to the podcast, Mike. Thanks for having me, Nina. Oh my gosh, you really truly did just come in hot. He I just did. tore in here. Um, straight from the, from a road trip and came right in and sat down and here we go. So the mics are working. So Mike, I'm so happy you're here. Tell us a little bit about yourself and your background and how you got into this fashion industry. Sure. Well, first of all, congratulations on your podcast. I think they're amazing and uh, getting to episode 13 is great. So good luck uh, up to episode 100 too. Yes. All right. Goals, right? We all That's have goals. Right. Yeah. Goals, motivation. Um, for me, you know, I started out in the fashion business when I was, I think, nine or 10 years old. My dad uh, was in the business for 30, 40 years. And I Shout used out to Mike Sr., who we go. love. Yep. And uh, what, I, what I used to do is I would help him on Fridays in the afternoons go and count inventory of dress shirts at the local mall. Oh, my gosh. And, I love uh, that. So, you know, that was long before technology hit the industry and, and long before things like uh, EDI, automatic transmissions for inventory. But uh, I used to go help them. We would mark it down on uh, clipboards and then we'd go back to the house. And I, I'm not sure if he remembers this or not, but he would actually have me call the customer service girls in South Carolina. Oh so I'd pick gosh. up the phone and call and you'd have a nine-year-old calling it in and they loved it. So that's literally how it all yeah, started. So you I, started young. I did. And I never, ever, ever thought that that's where I would end up in my career. I went to college and thought that I'd either work on Wall Street or in commercial real estate in New York City. But a friend of my parents at one point said to me, there's no way you're ever going to do that. You're like perfectly made to work in the fashion business. And, um, and that's where I landed. See, it was like in your DNA. It was in my DNA. Yeah. And it was kind of funny because all throughout my, my educational history, whether it was high school or college, I was always selling some form of clothing that I was figuring out how to make, whether it was lacrosse t-shirts for the college or other items that we were making and uh, was always selling it to make some extra money on the side. So, Oh, a little entrepreneur. I love that. Yeah. So it just, it just kind of all made sense and fell into place. So and how the, long have you been working in the fashion industry since college? Since so right out of college, you right started? Right out of school. Okay. Yeah, right and out you, of school. You and I are the same age. That's right. Love that. <clears throat> yeah. He was, we're class of 94 in college, different colleges, but we always have it in common that we're the same age. Same year. So from 1994, you graduated 
And then now here we're in 2018. So yeah. you've been doing this for About 24, 24 years. years. Yeah. Okay. So That's uh, amazing. Yeah. So it's been great. It's, uh, and you've had some incredible jobs along the way, worked for so many, so many great brands that we're going to talk about a little bit. But before we dive into the motivation that we want to talk about, I just have to ask you about the podcast. So I appreciate that you said congratulations, but Really, I wanted to share with everyone, which I've shared on the blog, that it was really your fault, Mike, that I'm doing this, (laughs) because I think it was about two years ago that Mike said to me, you know, Nina, you should really do a podcast. And I turned to him and I was like, whatever, me? What are you talking about? So it's sort of ironic that we're sitting here two years later and here we are doing the podcast. So what do you think? What was, why did you say that to me? What was it that you thought? I mean, I know you love podcasts, but yeah, I think it's, um, in the new world of, uh, technology and the new world of, of marketing. And I don't even call it digital marketing anymore because I think marketing has changed so dramatically, um, that I was thinking a couple of years ago with the, the advent of Facebook, Instagram, uh, dot com websites that everyone was producing on their own, that there there's sort of a triangulation that has to take place, uh, especially if you're marketing yourself um, in in this new world of technology. And I remember talking to you a couple years ago, and you had your website, you had your blog, you were just starting out on Instagram, and I thought to myself, based on your background in communications in the media world, that um, Instagram and a blog are terrific, but you're so animated and so vocal and so talented in this communications area that a terrific way for you to triangulate it would be to kind of plug in the podcast mm-hmm. area of it as well. Because I think podcasts are really the new radio stations yeah, totally. and the radio stations of the future. Yep. So by having a radio station and then a heavy duty following in Instagram and also a, a following in uh, your blog as well. Mm-hmm. I always felt like that would be an amazing idea for you. Well, so. thank you because you've really inspired me and you motivated me, which is there what we're going to talk about. Mike totally motivated me because he planted the seed that I should really do this. So here we are, we're doing it. So thank you again for that, Mike. So let's talk about motivation. It's such a big topic, but we want to give everyone some really good takeaways. So first up for you, Mike, how do you get motivated every single day? You know, it's one of those things that um, I think as an entrepreneur and just as in anybody approaching every single day, I think everyone either goes to bed at night or wakes up in the morning with some great idea in their mm-hmm. head of what they want to do in their life, whether it has to do with family, whether it has to do with health, whether it has to do with business goals, if you will. Yeah. And I think that, you know, a lot of times people have those ideas, but those ideas never move into activation. Mm -hmm. And I think the key bridge between a terrific idea and activating the idea is motivation. Mm -hmm. So for me personally, every single day that I wake up, it's literally hitting the ground running uh, as soon as the feet hit the floor to to stay positive and to stay motivated. And I think that's one of the biggest things to really answer your question is staying positive to motivate yourself because mm-hmm. it's very, very easy. So with, it's like a mindset. 
like having that positive mindset. Absolutely. I I tell my kids all the time, it's absolutely mind over matter. And I am a true believer in if you believe you can do something, no matter how big or how small it is, you'll absolutely achieve it. You may not achieve it on the timeline that you want, but it's definitely a mind over matter. If you think something and you see it and you believe it for yourself, I truly believe that anyone can accomplish that. Have you ever thought about being a motivational speaker, Mike? Because you're so good at this. Oh my gosh, I just love all this. Thank you. Maybe that will be the start of now you're like giving it back to me. I gave you the podcast idea. Now, I'm planting now, the seed back to you. When I do the first motivational speech five years from now, I'll say it's all because yeah, of I'll Nina. be in the front row waving, you cheering go. you on. So, but what happens if along the way, Mike, if along the journey, like you said, what if it doesn't happen on your timeline, or what if you fail? What if you fall down? What if something changes? Like you have a goal, you're motivated to do something or get somewhere in your business or in your health or in with a family, whatever. But what happens? Like, how do you get back up? And then get back onto a new path, you know, because yeah. sometimes it's like you have to pivot, right? You have a goal, you have something in mind and you're putting it, you know, you're motivated to get there, but then you have to pivot. So what yeah, happens if that happens? Because that happens to all of us, right? I think it happens every day. Yeah. I literally think you constantly run into setbacks yep. as well as challenges that you do have to pivot from. I think one of the number one things that you have to do is you have to put a plan into place. Yeah. You have to think it, you have to see it, you have to write that plan down mm-hmm. and have a clear, concise end result in mind. Um, and really, I think without a plan, yeah. when you run into those roadblocks and challenges, you're going to get uh, defeated and discouraged and, and then you give might, up you might give up yep. and you might stop so yep. I so think have if, the plan and write it down definitely yep. the other thing in regards to a plan that that I have always found very um, helpful is timing it yeah put dates and a timeline together of when you are going to hit certain milestones right. so like in six months from now I want to have x and then in a year from now I want to have x and why and then yeah I like that giving you some down and maybe not like to putting too much pressure like maybe giving yourself a year to get something done even if and then what if you what if you hit that goal in six months then you're like tell you that's so psyched right one of the best and biggest parts of motivation is sort of over planning the time that it's going to take you to achieve something. Mm -hmm. And then what happens is if you do achieve it earlier, the amount of motivation that you get from that and the amount of reward that you get from achieving it ahead of time Mm -hmm. is unbelievable. And it actually starts to catapult your plan. Uh, I read a book, I remember the year, it was 1998, and it was called The uh, Seven Habits of Highly Effective People. And for everyone out there, you should Google it and look it up if you haven't read it before. And we can put it in the show notes, too. That's a good one. And it's a fabulous book. And what it does in one of its sections is it talks about calendarizing yourself on a daily basis. And what it taught me was to put in every single day from 8 a.m. to 9 a.m. I'm going to do X. Mm -hmm. From 9 a.m. to 11 a.m. I'm going to do Y. From 11 a.m. to 1 p.m. you do Z. So it's like time blocking. Time blocking. And what happens is is automatically you start overachieving the time blocking. And then once you do that, you start motivating. And by the end of the day, if you had 10 things that you wanted to get done, Mm -hmm. if you if you schedule yourself appropriately, you end up achieving like 15 things. That's amazing. So I think you can get it down both to a daily, 
weekly, monthly, mm-hmm. biannually, an annual planning process that gives you order and organization yeah. that is a huge part of actually staying motivated. Because no matter what, everybody's going to run into roadblocks. Yep. And honestly, failures. A lot yeah. of times you have small failures that you can just brush off. And then other times there's really big failures mm-hmm. that we all run into. And that's when it's tougher. And that's when you lean heavier on a plan because then you can kind of dust yourself off, look at the plan and say, okay, I'm still going to move forward. Mm -hmm. And maybe just pivot a little bit. Okay. So let's talk a little bit about a morning routine, Mike. So since you're so successful and just wondering, like, how do you as a successful businessman and just in general, how do you think successful people, how do they set the tone for their day? Like you said, you hit the ground running right in the beginning, but are there certain things that to a morning routine, like a workout or like, you know, whatever it might be that in the morning can really set the tone for the day? Definitely. Um, I think I when I was um, at Tommy Hilfiger, I was put into their um, executive training program and they sent me uh, to University of Chicago uh, Graduate School of Business for management seminars. One of them... Uh, they one of the classes was a seminar on where are you most effective and how can you be most effective. And one of the professors said, "You, we all know the time of day where we are the most productive. For some of us, that's between, call it 5 a.m. and 9 a.m. For me personally, that's when I'm most productive. Right, morning. Yep. Some people are most Same productive. Same with me, I'm a morning girl. Yeah. Which is great. And some people are most productive in the middle of the day, and some people are most productive at the end of the day. And what this professor said was, identify where you are most productive, and then don't let anything interrupt that portion of your day, Mm -hmm. because that portion of the day is when you need to strategically organize your own thoughts into a plan for that day. So that's what I do every morning, whether I'm getting up at five, six, seven or eight, depending on what time I went to bed the night before. One of the first things I do in the morning as I'm having coffee is I think to myself, what does the day look like? What do I need to accomplish during the day? And how am I going to tackle those from a timing standpoint? Some days it's easy. Mm -hmm. I don't write it down. And I just think to myself, here are the one or two things I'm going to do today. And this is when I'm going to do it. Other days, I'll take out a yellow pad of paper and fill up a whole page Mm -hmm. and use that as a checklist of what I'm going to do. Now, I may not get to it all in that day, but it's sort of like a data dump out of my head onto a piece of paper of how I'm going to be uh, organizing myself, which in turn gives me the motivation after I'm finished with my coffee to then kind of run out and and start the day. Right. So when you do this data dump, I call it a brain dump, but do you write it on a piece of paper or do you put like notes into your iPhone? What do you think is best? I I, I like lists personally. I do too. I love lists. Um, You know, in this technologically advanced world, everybody tries to go into the iPhone and do it on the to-do list. But for some reason, I don't like that as much. I like like doing it it old fashioned, write it down, back of an envelope or a yellow pad of paper. And then sometimes if it gets to be a lot, I will transpose those notes into like a Word document on the computer. But something gets lost in there. I think there is definitely a, a 
benefit of kind of writing it out on paper. Yeah, I agree. The pen to paper is so good. And then I'm a big person with accomplishing and executing things Mm -hmm. and taking credit for everything that you actually accomplish and execute. So I actually love uh, crossing out the things on the list once I get them done. And for some reason, it makes me feel better. Yes, it's it's like instant gratification, right? It is. I'm like, I'm a rock star. I got four things done on that list, right? Yeah, and it gives you the confidence to keep going because a lot of times... You know, using the example of one full sheet of a, of a uh, to-do list, a lot of times I'll finish that list and then I'll say to myself, oh my gosh, I can't get this list done. Yep. And then right then and there, I am falling. I am tripping, I'm falling, and I'm running into a barrier. Mm-hmm. But, you know, crossing off one thing on the list kind of gets you over that wall and gets you over that barrier. Mm-hmm. Um, I love that. It sort of goes back to your posit- your positive mindset that you were talking about. So, okay, so let's move all this into action. Let's talk about how to activate. So you're motivated, you're making your plan, you're giving yourself the timeline, you're thinking about your your routine for the day, but then how do you even start when, when it's time to like activate, like you talk about, let's activate. Yeah, how I do you even start? The, the Honestly, the number one thing with activation is health, uh, diet, fitness, and sleep. And I've personally had to really challenge myself to learn that because I have not been balanced for probably 75 or 80% of my entire career. Was that because you were working too much and you were commuting? The working commute was a lot hard. and commuting working a lot. Long hours. And yep. then also not taking the time to sort of step back and say, okay, having a plan is great. Being motivated to do the plan is great. But there is a certain timeline in which things can realistically be accomplished Mm -hmm. and not doing that. And a few years ago, I started doing that and sort of really injecting some balance into my life. And then I started realizing how out of balance my life really Mm -hmm. was. And my personality is either zero or like a thousand miles an hour. And that is a is something that has helped me get ahead in my career But at the same point, it's also held me back from certain things. Mm -hmm. So really, one of the main things for me is understanding and sort of taking a a step back from the hectic lives that we all lead every day and looking at it objectively from the outside in, almost as like a third party would be looking at your life and Mm -hmm. being really honest about it and applying some balance to it, which then leads to health, nutrition, and sleep because mm-hmm. sleep I, is so huge, it's right? It's huge. It's super huge. And I think, um, I discounted that a lot, especially I always did too. Yeah. Right. It's crazy. Yeah. Cause you think, Oh, I can accomplish anything. So yeah. I, I can only be need, fine. I'm I can, fine. I only need five hours. We're good. Four to six. It's all good in the hood. And no, it's, really it's not. not. I need eight now. And I think once you start living, how much do you need? Eight. I, now I need eight. Yeah. It's a funny thing. Cause I went through, maybe it's our age. <laughs> yeah. It could be the age too. We're actually getting old now. Sorry, Nina, but we are. But, um, I think, you know, and there's lots of medical writing about it. Once I started thinking about it, I started doing a lot of research on it and the, it's really the overwhelming truth is human beings generally need about eight hours of mm-hmm. sleep a night to be most effective. And what I've noticed is, the time that I am effective during the day when I get eight hours sleep versus four hours or six hours is dramatically improved. 
and the effectiveness that I have in those most productive hours with the right amount of sleep and with the right nutrition is actually dramatically improved as well. So sure, I can get four hours of sleep, go to work and I'll be effective, but definitely not as many hours as I will be mm-hmm. if I've if I've gotten those eight hours uh, in. Okay, that's awesome. That's such those are such good reminders and good takeaways for everyone. Take stock of your health, fitness, and your sleep. So now this is something Mike and I we've talked about this before, Mike, that the fire really has to start from within, right? That you have to sometimes dig deep and look at yourself in the mirror and say, I need to do this. This comes directly from me. So how do you even motivate yourself, though, to have that important discussion with yourself? Yeah, that's tough. It's really tough. But because, we've all been there, right? Yeah, we, I think we've all been there. And um, I, I used to tell people that I worked with um, one of the a key traits to success in business is um, try not to or do not believe your own BS. And I think... As I was younger, I I was sort of much bolder in saying that to people. As I've gotten older, I don't say that as much because honestly, I have believed my own BS (laughs) over my career and also in in my personal life. So, but if you can go back to that, and if I can, you know, be as bold in saying that, I think that's a really good thing to think of is don't believe your own BS because I think we all work ourselves mentally into certain places in our lives. And it's all back to the mind over matter because honestly, all of us are able to work ourselves either into terrific places, not so terrific places, but also places that are not good. And in that, I think sometimes there's some self-fulfilling prophecies when you're doing things in your life that you may not be necessarily happy with. So I think what you really have to do is have the motivation to wake up, look yourself in the mirror and and really ask that hard question of, am I really happy where I am in life? And a lot of times if the answer is no, that's okay, but you can't get discouraged with, well, I am so far away from where I really want to be. And I think that's where planning comes in because Mm -hmm. a lot of times I've done that in my life where I've woken up, I've looked in the mirror in the morning and I've said, I am definitely not where I want to be in my life. And then you say to yourself, okay, where do you want to be? And you, you visualize that and you think of where you want to be, but then you think to yourself, well, that's 5,000 miles away or that's 10 years away. How am I ever going to do that? And the answer is you, you come back to the planning process of literally writing it down on mm-hmm. a sheet of paper. And before you know it, you start moving very slowly towards that plan. You move in that direction, right? One step at a time. One step at a time. And Nina, I know we've talked about this before, but um, uh, someone once said to me, a marathon starts with a step. And I love that because it really, really does. You know, you've got to, you're going to go out and run 26.2 miles, but that starts with one step. And I think that is a very good analogy. I love that. um, For anyone that's out there, really not you know, exactly happy where they are Mm -hmm. or with big aspirational goals in front of them, you got to start somewhere and you got to have the the motivation daily to get re-centered and say, okay, yesterday was an awesome day or yesterday was a tough day. And now I've got to recenter and get back on track for Mm -hmm. for where I want to get to. Yeah, I love that. Okay. So everyone, the marathon starts with a step. 
So Mike, not to put you on the spot, you've worked for so many of the big brands, so many of the big brands out there in fashion, but you told me the story about being the youngest VP at Tommy Hilfiger. How did you pitch yourself and lobby yourself to get that job? Because some people that are out there may get some inspiration from that experience that you had. Sure. Because you were so young, right? Yeah. When you got that big job. Yeah, it was it was pretty interesting. Um, you know, I think it was it was the right timing for me, um, and I was in the right place. But um, what happened was there was a um, uh, position that opened up in the division that I was working for, uh, the VP position, in the men's department in Tommy Hilfiger here in the U.S. And there was a guy on our team who uh, ended up getting the job. But he, at the last minute, decided that he didn't want the job. And he was a counterpart of mine. And through that transition, uh, the company started looking for a new VP. And what was happening was um, I was a senior leader on the team at that point. So the president of the division was asking me to help interview people that were coming up for the job from the outside. Interesting. So every time I sat with the candidates that came in, I thought to myself, how am I going to work for this person if they get the job? <laughs> right. Right. And I'm thinking to myself, OK, well, this guy's. 35, 45, 55 years old. And, and we really had a real big cross-section that came in at those ages. So it really was about age in my head because I was in my late 20s. And one of the, the, the pullbacks for me was, well, I'm 28 years old. I could never get that job. I'm not, you know, that's, mm -hmm. I'm too young for that. Oh, no. No, you're not. So after a while, I think it was through the fourth interview, I was talking to a friend and a mentor. And I said, you know, I could do a great job at, at being that VP. I've been sitting with all these guys that are going to be my bosses, or, or one of them is going to be my boss. And if they get the job, honestly, I think I'm going to have to leave the company. I don't think I could work for these people. And this mentor said to me, you know what? You're crazy. And I said, why? And he said, what's holding you back? Can you do the job? I said, absolutely. He said, would you be good at it? He, I said, I think so, yeah. He said, do you, do you think you could um, lead the team? I said, I could definitely lead the team. And he said, well, what are you worried about? I said, well, I'm 28 years old. He said, that is like one of the dumbest things I've ever heard. He said, go and pitch your boss currently for the job. So what I did is I literally spent a day and a half writing down uh, my pitch. Uh, the first time I wrote it down, it was three pages. And then I wrote it down, I think about 10 times, got it down to one page, one outline, and uh, studied it. And I went to my boss at that time and I said, hey, I need 15 minutes of your time. And he said, well, what for? I said, I'm not telling you until we sit. He said, okay, cool. I'll get to you. I'll get to you. And I said, no, I need to know right now, when are we going to sit? I want a time. So he said, oh, okay, well, this must be serious. I said, it's very serious. He said, okay, great. So we scheduled the time in and uh, he came in and sat down and I came in and sat down and he like basically said, okay, he joked with me, he said, okay, I'm going to sit up straight for this. I'm really going to, you know, pay attention. I said, okay, good. And then I pitched him and he was like, wow, that is amazing. He said, I, I was not expecting that at all. And um, then I, and I said, that's great, but what do you think? He said, I don't know, let me sleep on it. He's, he's like, it's very, very interesting. So then he came in the next morning and we met at 8.30 and he said, you got the job. Congratulations. Oh so, um, you is know. Is that, that amazing? So don't sell yourself short if you're young, right? Definitely. I love, first of all, that you had a mentor 
I think that's huge. So that's another takeaway for everyone. And another talking to a mentor. Definitely. And another big takeaway is I'll call it swing for the fence. Have those big, huge, um, aspirational, bold moves Mm -hmm. that you may think are not realistic, but actually they are probably very, very realistic Mm -hmm. just with the right plan and the right motivation. I love that. Go big or go home, right? That's right. I love that. Okay. So Mike and I, first of all, you're amazing, and I love that story. So thank you. I feel so motivated after hearing that. Um, But everyone who's listening now, Mike and I want to end with a motivation challenge for all of you out there, because I really hope that you've truly been motivated by by Mike, because I certainly am, and I am all the time when we have these talks. So the challenge for all of you guys today is how can you take one of his tips, one of his ideas, one of his takeaways, and bring it into your daily routine. Start putting it into action in your own life. Because remember, we're all better together, so let's all do this challenge together. So a huge thank you to you, Mike, it's for my being pleasure. my good news yeah, VIP guest. You got it. Thank you for having me on as a guest. I, I really uh, appreciate it, and I'm humbled by the opportunity. Oh, well, you're so great, and I'm so grateful for you and your beautiful wife, wife Katie. Shout out to you, Katie, for listening, and your two boys, who I love too. So um, shout out to all of you guys. But, Mike, you're such a rock star, and I just can't wait to get going on some of these amazing tips and ideas. So thank you all for listening today. I'm so grateful for all of you out there. I know that I truly would never be here without all of you supporting me, and I know that I'd never be here without Mike planting that seed that day, telling me I should do a podcast. But you all inspire me to be a kinder, better person every single day. Stay tuned for next week's podcast. Remember, you can always find me on iTunes. Please be sure to subscribe and also rate and review my podcast as well. The mission of this podcast is to get better together as a community right here in the audio space. For now, I am your host, Nina Clark. Just so happy to be here. Please find me across all social media platforms as Nina B, as in Bradley, and then it's Clark with an E. Please be sure to follow me on Instagram because right now, the gram is my jam. Thank you again for listening, and let's all keep being awesome.